Hello and welcome to Uncommon Truth. My name is Luke and I am back again this week uh, filling in for Max. This week is a little bit different because Steve and Vicky are away, so we wanted to bring to you one of Steve's sermons. Uh, a few weeks ago on The Uncommon Truth, we talked about the importance of forgiveness, and we mentioned there that Steve was actually going to be preaching on those same verses coming up, and so I wanted to share that with you today. It's a great message on really what it means to forgive, to pardon, to set people free from what they have done to us, and I hope that this blesses you. Again, thank you so much for listening to Uncommon Truth and being a supporter of this amazing podcast. We love you. Enjoy. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit uncommonpodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com and we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into the uncommon truth. Here's what's coming up. What's been happening is in Luke chapter 6, Jesus started an address, and he started with the Beatitudes of blessed are you. And it was so cool, wasn't it? And then he went to woe to you, and it's like unexpected grief like what the heck and then he starts saying and he turns to his and all of this is we want to remember that what it starts with is he turned to his disciples and said i was at a thing um, uh, i was having a conversation this week where someone said don't you think he was talking to jewish people and telling them what it's like if you don't know him that the new covenant would be different than this and i said except for the fact that it started with he turned to his disciples and said, who happened to be Jews, but they were his disciples. He wasn't talking to the nation. He was talking to the guys he chose to be followers and carriers of this infectious good news, the gospel. Amen? Amen. And so that means it's for you and me. And I really wish he was right and it wasn't for me to love my enemies and turn my other cheek and give and don't require them to return and let them steal from you. Oh my gosh. I mean, let them hit you? Okay, let them insult you? And actually, don't just let them insult you, but love them? Do good to them? Return good for evil? Crazy stuff. Anyway, that's we're in the, we're in the middle of that, and I wish I could tell you that we get a, a week off, but we don't, because here we go. You ready? Because this one's probably the hardest one for me of all of them. I probably could take a slap and do it, get a second one easier than I can do this one, Okay. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start in 35b, (laughs) believe it or not. Yeah, it's the second half of 36, and we're going to start right down here with it. You will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. 
Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, for by your standard of measure will it be measured to you in return. Man. It's crazy. You will be sons of the Most High God, for He is merciful. And what it just said before that is that He, I think I missed reading that, He is kind, He, I lost it. He is kind. Oh, I lost it, so I can't, I can't tell you what it just said. Everything's black on this page. You know, the lights blind out the red. No. He is kind to ungrateful and evil men. And then it says to be merciful like he's merciful. Kind to ungrateful, evil people and be like him. That's the first one for me that's so hard to grasp. He is kind and I got to be like him. See, if I had to be like one of you, the best of the best of you, I had to be like you, that might be easier. But I got to be like him. He's flawless in this. He's unending in this thing. His, it says his mercies endure everything. His, his mercies never end. His loving kindness is extravagant and goes on forever. And I got to be like him. Be like him. Be merciful like your father's merciful, for he is kind to evil men. What? Ungrateful men. I really don't like ungratefulness. He is kind to ungrateful people. And I got to be like him. And then he's got to just start pouring it on. He's got to lay it on thick. Don't judge. Don't condemn. And make sure you pardon everyone. So that you won't be judged, so that you won't be condemned, and so that you get a pardon. And so I'm kind of like, give, and then you'll get given. Don't give, and you won't get given, and it won't be by his measure. We're not talking about him anymore. Now we just switched, flipped the switch to, it's going to be given to you by your measure. He just changed it. You remember when I read it? He said, it's your measure that'll determine the measure he'll use for you. And so that kind of stinks. Because yeah. I have been selfish and stingy. Have you? That would make him selfish and stingy to me. Wow. And I see my neighbor getting poured out large amounts. Why him, not me? Because well, you're being stingy and selfish. You're making you the most important. And he's saying, you've got to not judge, not condemn, and you've got to pardon. So, the condition of me being pardoned, the condition of me not being judged, which are things I desperately want in my life, I don't want to be judged, and I don't want to be condemned, and I want to be pardoned. Desperately. I want to be forgiven, for heaven's sakes. So what's he saying? Well, I looked up judged, and judged is a word that is used different ways in the New Testament. Paul the Apostle described a man sleeping with his father's wife, his stepmom, living with her in a sexual relationship, 
And he said, why are you letting him sit in your church? Why are you letting him attend your church and call himself a Christian? Can't you judge for yourself that this is wrong? Can't you kick him out? Why do you even allow this man here? Don't even have lunch with the immoral brother. Remember those verses, right? It's like, well, then he says, do not judge. And Paul's saying judge. And what's it mean? Well, what Jesus is talking about is, is the final chapter, the penalty for what they did. Paul the Apostle says, he kicks the guy out, turns him over to the Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that when we all arrive at the judgment seat of Christ, he might be in repentance and won back. The purpose of doing this action is to not allow him to live that way to the judgment where he will definitely be judged, but to get him to turn and see that Christians do not accept this. This is not what we believe, and it is not what Jesus teaches, and you must throw him out so that he realizes he's not acceptable to the church, not, he's not going to be judged well, not that he is judged poorly, but he will one day be guilty of those sins, and he'll, need, he'll, he'll suffer the reward of those sins. So Paul said, I kick him out, so that one day they will turn back and be forgiven and be justified on the day of judgment. And so that's why the church must say, no, 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 that's wrong. That behavior cannot be allowed to stay amongst us. Is there are things that we must say, you can't come in here and live like that. You harm others. And we, of course, at the Father's house practice that. Not very publicly like some used to, but very quietly like that is not acceptable amongst us. And you are harming others, so we would like you to not come. It, it has happened, I'll say. But it, not very often. Because it's the sinners that need a doctor. It's the one that says, I'm all right. I'm one of you, but lives secretly in sin. And so the judgment Jesus is talking about is the one that says, you're going to hell. It's called the final determination. Years ago, uh, and not this last election, but a prior election, I was saying all the time that one of the candidates is pure evil. And... That would be the very judgment Jesus is saying. I am determining what they are, not their actions or their or that I their actions are evil, but that they are evil. And that's the judgment that is prohibited. And therefore, I would be open to judgment of my actions in the same way. If I said they are bad, they are evil. But if I said their actions are evil, then my responsibility biblically is to then say, we must pray for them so that, just like Paul the Apostle, so that one day when they reach the judgment of their life, they might be in repentance and come to a knowledge of forgiveness and be saved. And my attitude has to be hoping for their salvation, not just declaring their evil, let them go to hell. You see the difference in the two judgments. One has an attempt to win them to Christ. One, you're doing this to show them there's a difference between true discipleship and living a phony Christian lifestyle. And that if you tell them it's wrong, they may come back and get real and be saved one day. The other one just declares this is what they are. I have determined from my vast knowledge that they are, you are going to hell. And it is never okay to ever say 
that anybody is going to hell who is alive. Because they, what, you're, what you really should be saying is, I am praying for them that they will come to true repentance and be forgiven. So do you understand the definition of judge? I hope I, did I make that clear? No, the church is supposed to say this behavior is wrong. Church is supposed to say this behavior is wrong. That's the judgment that's good. Not this person is bad. The church in no Christian is supposed to say that person is evil. I simply confess to you that that happened to me during the election. And I had to repent and I had to let them go. And I had to ask God to forgive me for saying that. Because that's the judgment Jesus says will cause me to be judged. So, it says, do not condemn. So I looked up condemn. And it says, burn it to the ground. Consume it completely. So there's things, you know, like my house. When I went to my house, after it had burned down, it was such a hot fire, there was nothing left. The metal shards of the metal appliances was all that was left. I tried to explain to other people who've done burn jobs how even the mud sill on the concrete, there was nothing there, not even dust. That fire was so hot, it completely consumed everything. And that's what this word is. I want them wiped off. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we all the time quote that, and you know, it's understanding that he comes to steal. He comes to steal your born heritage, this little baby that you see in somebody's arms is so innocent, nobody would say that bored. I mean, movies say the seed of Satan and all that, you know. No baby is born that isn't innocent and pure. And everyone you know, the most disgusting behaving person on earth was once that innocence. And choices of people and choices of themselves took this person. And so Satan is trying to steal the inheritance that God gave you by being born. The life he breathed into you, he's trying to save. The, the, the eternal life that he prepared for you, the devil's trying to steal that from you. That's steal. He's trying to kill you before you can repent and be saved. He's trying to kill you. So what does destroy mean? Destroy is very much this word condemn. You could call it, and what could be also translated is dishonored. He wants to wipe away anything good you've ever done. He wants to, to clean it off. Kind of like the mud sill on my concrete disappeared. There wasn't even dust. My house didn't have anything this big left from the fire. It was completely consumed. And I walked around amazed at that. And that's what the devil wants to do is completely consume any memory of you of any good or any good thing. There is nothing good about you. And that's the attempt. Very few of us ever qualify to be that forgettable. But every once in a while, somebody is pushed by the devil and he succeeds in destroying people. Wiping your memory of anything good or anything godly or your memory of God's plan for your life that you were born that little baby with. Do you understand the word condemn? The other one is pardon. Pardon is generally defined, like in the King James, as forgive. And forgive is, is in our 
world, it becomes something like, I excuse you, but I'm still mad at you. And we say, I for, you know, did he apologize? I don't know. But we say all the time, our sins are forgiven us. But it's really kind of like all the chalkboards on earth that it took to write all of my sins on them. And then I say I'm forgiven. That means somebody erased those sins. And it's, it's not that at all. That is not, it is that they're erased, but it is not a very good picture. And I think everybody uses it erased. It's not just erased. Here's the real definition of pardon as I understand it. It's to let loose. The actual word means that they, they uh, translated pardon is let go. Loose them. To set at liberty and to freely, f- to free them fully. Does that make sense? So, walk up to the, Jesus walks up to the jail cell that your sins is building and he opens the jail cell and lets you out. This is to pardon. This is what you're asked to do. Every time I talk of the importance of forgiveness, somebody's waiting for me to tell me, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did. You don't understand what happened to me. And it's you can see it's their skin, their hair, their breath. Everything is just completely tied up and bound up. And they are just, oh, they're just so mad. Some of them are mad at me for saying they must forgive to be forgiven. So pardoned is you don't say, they. yeah, you're not guilty. You don't say, yeah, what you did is, wasn't bad. You're not saying, it didn't hurt me. I'm okay. No, you're saying, I choose, even though what you did hurt me badly, took from me expensively, it was costly, what you did was wrong, but I'm going to let you out. Be free. I freely release you. That's what the word pardon means. And what Jesus did on top of pardon was the true definition of redeeming. He unlocked the door, let you out, and then said, because I've let you out, you need to go down there and let them out. And if they ever call on me, I'll let them out of their debt with me too. But as long as you hold them in their debt, they stay bound to that debt. And then he says, if you hold them to their debt, I have to hold you to your debt. But those, what he's saying in these verses is if you will pardon them down in the other cell, you pardon your father, pardon your neighbor, husband, wife, whatever that ex was, whatever that pain was, uncle, whoever, the priest, whoever harms you, if you will pardon them. And again, let me repeat, not say it didn't hurt me. Not say it didn't cost me. Not say it's okay what you did. I'm simply saying, I'm unlocking the door. I'm opening the door. You're free of everything you did to me. No matter what it cost me. No matter what it hurt, how it hurt. No matter how it damaged my life. I don't want you to pay for it. Jesus did the same thing for you, except that he stepped into the cell 
turned around, closed the door, locked it, and served your sentence that you owe, you owe God. That's the forgiveness of heaven. What he's asking you to do is forgive them, not serve their sentence, but let them out of their sentence. That's what pardon is. No pardon says the crime didn't happen. No pardon says the sin didn't occur. It simply says there'll be no payment. That's what he's talking about. You will pardon them. And then he says, give this. And, we're all, and we always use this verse 38 for money. Give and you shall receive. It's the most commonly used offering message. And it has nothing to do with money. And in fact, when we use it for money, we are cheapening this message down to its lowest common denominator and using it for ridiculous profit. When what was the most profitable thing that I could ever teach you is if you will let them out of their jail cell, if you will loose them completely from the sins against you, you will be loosed completely from the sins you committed. If you will set them free, you will be free. And I can tell you the people that come to me after a forgive, importance of forgiveness message, they are so bound by their unforgiveness that they couldn't possibly be free because they refuse to let the other guy free because of what he did to them. And that's what this is. He says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So I no longer have the standard that you and I can talk about and agree that as human beings, this is what we think. No, he just went and had to put us on another shelf. God is your example. Be like him. You want him to forgive you of everything you've ever done? Well, the room couldn't contain the chalkboards it would take to write all the things I've ever done. And then we got to just erase them? No, not erase them. Pardon them. No penalty. You don't even need to erase them. Just don't make me pay for them. I freely admit I did them. I freely admit it cost you. I freely admit that I've hurt you. You don't have to erase them. Just pardon me. So that you can be pardoned. And do it the way the Father does it. You know what he said? As far as the east is from the west, remove it from your life. Be set free. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. Could anything be clearer? Could the word if be any more pronounced? Any more important in this world? If you pardon, you'll be pardoned. If you don't judge, you won't be judged. If you don't condemn... You won't be condemned. Don't burn it down. Don't make them pay so that you don't have to pay, so that you don't get burned down. Love and be loved. But hear me, let me repeat one more time. You're not saying it didn't hurt you. You're not saying it didn't cost. You're not saying you're over it. You're not. What you're saying is, I don't want you to serve your sentence. And what Jesus is saying is, if you'll do that for them, he'll serve your sentence. 
What? Anybody ever had that first day in jail wishing they would just forget it ever happened? I mean, come on. They, the big door goes clang and you're like, can't they, can't we just all forget about this? Can we just forget it? Well, Jesus is saying, yeah. Yeah, we can forget about it. We can let it go. We aren't going to say it was okay, it was sin. We're not going to say it's okay if you do that. We're going to say it's wrong if you do that. But we say, we open the door, open the cell, be free, be released. And go about your life as though you never did it. I know it's really hard for me with money. I like, you know, I've never had anything be more freeing in my life than when I said to somebody, you owe me nothing. You stole many thousands from me, but you owe me nothing. I want to be able to run into you in a grocery store and say hi and not feel the weight of your debt against me because I don't want to have debt to him. I don't want to serve the sentence I owe him. I don't want to serve the sentence I owe you. I'm sure I've failed in front of you. I probably have a lot hanging over my head. But if we will forgive one another and love one another and not condemn one another, not try to burn down one another, but instead try to build one another up. And those, those, those offenses that were so painful, so hard, so gut-punching, so costly, so life-changing, life-destroying. If we can at least just say, I choose, I choose to let you be free, to let you loose, to open the gate, let you out, punish you, not, no more punishment. And Lord, forgive me for demanding that they be punished. Here's what we say around here. I give you a gift you don't deserve. And sometimes it's, you know, you don't, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve your forgiveness. But we're not asking you forgive everyone who deserves it because that you only get forgiven for what you deserve. Can I tell you I don't deserve forgiveness at all from him? He owes me nothing. And he gives me forgiveness like, like at the drop of a hat. I just, yeah, he gives it to me with full measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. You know, my dad wasn't perfect. My mom, Terrible, wasn't perfect. I, I pray with, I'm desperate in praying for them that they not pay for their sins against me. I'm desperate. I want to see them in heaven. I don't want them punished. And my kids, I wasn't perfect. Neither are they. I don't want them to pay. They shouldn't want me to pay. You see how it just kind of loops and pretty soon we're all out of jail. We're all running free. And then it's for freedom that he has set us free. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I mean, doesn't it just like boom, 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 boom. It's like, come on, man, keep coming. Let's keep this up. I forgive you and you forgive her. And she forgives him and he forgives them and they forgive those. And you follow I mean, Can you see this? And suddenly everybody's remembering everybody and everything good that everybody did. And we have an honoring session and we can't get out of here because everybody has to honor someone else. See how good they were and what great things they did. 
because we don't forget everything good about them. We start remembering everything good about them, and then we forget everything bad about them. Now, that's on a house cleaning level, but those really big ones, you may never get there, but at least you get to letting them out of jail so that you can be out of jail. Am I, am I speaking to you today? Are the lights on? Are you with me? The porch light's on and everybody's home. My guys got awesome stuff, huh? We're home. We're hearing. We got it. We're with you. Jesus, not me. Jesus. Amen? You will be sons of the Most High God, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. I mean, he's kind, he was kind to me when I was ungrateful. I think I'm more grateful today. I'm pretty sure I am even on the side of grateful. Maybe a little bit over the edge, you know. But the only thing that ever got me here was that he was kind to me when I was ungrateful. Right. And he says for us to be like him. Be sons to that philosophy. Be sons to how he treats us. Quick story, I had, you know, I was introduced to the idea of the importance of forgiveness. I'm good, man. I've forgiven everybody. I got nothing against anybody. I actually said that. I got nothing against anybody. I was already the pastor of the Father's House Church. I'm good. It's all good. It's under the blood. Why bring up the past? And I was challenged, would you let God bring up the past? Would you let him show you where you're holding people in jail? And why your life is a little bit out of, like you can't get over some things? Like you just can't seem to stop doing this thing or reacting this way or, or failing this way? And you keep wondering, why can't I overcome? Would you be willing to let him show you? Anybody that you've got in jail? I said, sure. I was so confident. Pshaw. You know, course. I made that prayer. That probably was a minute prayer, less, less than a one minute prayer. And I spent the next two months bumping into every person that hated me, every person that I didn't like, every person I'd had an argument with and was still mad at. Listen, folks, I'm sorry, but as the father, father of the pastor of the Father's House Church, I probably ran into 200 people in two months. In grocery stores, the guy that I offended on the basketball court who tried to keep swinging at me, you know, and chasing me around the court, trying to hit me. Like, I forgot all about him. I forgot that he's in jail hating me. And the Lord just kept showing me one after the other. People I cut, you know, the people in Little League that were mad at me, people in business that were mad at me, people in the church who were mad at me. I just kept running up upon him. And, you know, the challenge was, I, I hope he doesn't see me. I step back in the aisle and I go, oh, no, you're, doing, you're answering that prayer. Hey, buddy, you remember when we were playing basketball and we had that fight on the court where you trying, kept trying to hit me? <laughs> I said, I know that you, you know, that was because I offended you somehow. And I, would you forgive me? I, I never meant to hurt you, never meant to offend you. It was just the exuberance of the game. And I got carried away. Would you forgive me? I mean, it was just guy after guy after women, people, families. Oh my gosh. Sometimes you got to wait for two, you got to line them up. Everybody's mad at me. Would you line up? Everybody whose toes I stepped on, would you line up? 
I'd sure like to tell you because I hate chasing you all over town. I remember one guy had to crawl through a really clouded, crowded stadium. I had to crawl through all the people to get up there and say, hey, man. Remember when I was coaching that all-star team and I didn't have your daughter pitch? And then we got an argument. I said some horrible things. I'm so sorry. And I just, would you forgive me? And so that whole story was because I know, but I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to tell you, I said that too. And maybe you are. I mean, I am so grateful if you're good. I just want to know, maybe you don't know though. So maybe you risk it by maybe saying a little prayer, repeating after me. Because you may not still live in the same city. They could be dead. But you still got to pray through it. You got to let them off the hook because their judgment may not have happened yet. It may be in the future. And God will hold accounts what they've done to you unless you let them go. And I only have one chance to be forgiven, and that's if I forgive. And I can't say, oh, just under the rug, okay, under, the, under the blood, under the blood, forget it. I have no responsibility. That probably isn't going to cut it, and I, I just, just from reading his words. Because the truth is, I was still judging them, still condemning them. I still wanted to burn them down. They stole, from my, they stole something from me in a job site or parked their car at my, my job site and loaded their car with my stuff, you know, and I still wanted to burn them down. We'll get you. I am God's man. God's going to get you. Well, if he's going to get him, he's going to get me. I mean, I hope you're following me. It's so important. And there is no day off. There's no like, okay, I did it three months ago. I'm okay. No, it's Lord. In the three months, have I collected some dirt? Have I collected some offenses where I've got them locked in the jail, where I want them to pay? Maybe, maybe you're willing to pray that. If you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes and repeat after me out loud? Jesus. I thank you for offering me forgiveness for every place where I've gone astray, for every sin that I've committed, the ones I know about and the ones I'm unaware of. But I read that you say, I must forgive to secure my forgiveness. And I'm asking you, if you would reveal to me anybody that I'm wanting punished, that I'm wanting condemned, and that I refuse to pardon for their sins. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. 
Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.